It's the VNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X92.9's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Friday, July 29th, 2022. I'm Beckler. We made it to the end of this week. And you know what? I always say that when I'm hosting a, a, a week of solo shows, the Friday show is usually pretty weird just because I'm out of things to talk about and I'm digging pretty deep. Today's show actually wasn't that weird. I think it was a fun show. Um, I might take Tuesday off. I haven't decided yet. We'll see. I haven't talked to the boss about it. I should probably do that um, just to relax after the weekend. I'm on the road this weekend, and I'll talk a little bit more on the podcast about where I'm headed, what I'm doing. On the show today, we're going to talk about the James Webb Space Telescope's next round of hopefully incredible photos that's supposed to be coming out soon. I'm going to give a nod to the ladies, both in terms of female athletes and female-fronted bands. That'll make more sense when we get to both of those segments. Uh, Buck Martinez makes an appearance. Sean was at that Jays game last night. Uh, talking a bit about that. Have a couple of friends on the show to talk about the goat of bald men. Oh, who's the greatest bald man of all time? My, my wife, McKenna, has her version of the news. Going to talk about some of the best harmonica players ever. First, you're out of context clip of the show. I'm off to the Arctic for three weeks. I am not inside a fusion reactor. I'm in Hull. I'm at Disney World. I'm in an airplane bathroom. VNS in 20 minutes or less. I saw the funniest meme yesterday. and It said, when you message the group chat and ask if anyone is down to hang out on the weekend, and then the messages start coming back. I'm in Weldon Spring. I'm in Yevle. I'm in the abandoned city of Pripyat. I'm inside one of the inching down oil tanks. I'm off to the Arctic for three weeks. I am not inside a fusion reactor. I'm in Hull. I'm at Disney World. I'm in an airplane bathroom. <laughs> I'm in an unpowered glider. I'm in Iceland. I'm flying a few thousand feet over Lincolnshire. I'm at platform nine and three quarters. It just keeps I'm going. The Channel. I am still in the Arctic. I'm on top of a hill. <laughs> I am in Baton Rouge. I am squinting into the sun. I'm in Swindon. I am about to cross a road. I'm in Bristol. And nobody can hang out with you. Everyone's got plans. Oh, I hate that. You know, I don't like when that happens on a Facebook event. So you get invited to a Facebook event, and then you look at the comments, and all the comments are just people saying why they can't be there. It makes the event seem like it's going to suck, doesn't it? Like, if I can't go, I just click can't go. And, like, if you must give a reason, message the host privately so you don't make it seem like... The event's going to suck and no one's going to be there. Like, you have better things to do. It always felt a bit performative to me, too. Like, it's a bit braggadocious. People are like, oh, sorry, guys. We'll be in French Micronesia that weekend, but have fun. I'm going to start jumping into the comments on these events and say, like, I'm cranked. What can I bring? Just to offset the steady stream of people announcing that they aren't going. I'm on my way back from the Arctic. I'm at space camp. I'm putting myself at risk of being sued. I'm at a party. I'm at the Eureka weather station. VNS in 20 minutes or less. So Alanis Morissette played here the other night. And I didn't go to the show, but I had quite a few friends who did. And by all accounts, it was a phenomenal show. One of my friends said top three he's ever seen. He said her vocals were just so, so good. Although I did see one funny post from a friend who said that despite how good the show was, in 20 years, Alanis Morissette still hasn't really learned how to play the harmonica. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I didn't think, like, I didn't think you could really frig up a harmonica. Like, don't you just pick one that's in the key of the song and then and then blow the tits off that thing? Like, what do you what do you do, right? I, so I was like, who's who is really really good at harmonica? Who is some who's like the benchmark? That we look up to for harmonica. I've always always really loved Neil Young's harmonica playing. Yeah. 
pretty good on the old mouth organ there. But I was thinking Neil Young's probably not the best, right? Like it's just something he does. So I st- so I had to look this up. Who is the best harmonica player ever? And I found all these lists, and there were a few names that kept popping up on different lists. This was one of them. This is Sonny Boy Williamson, and with a name like that. <laughs> Getting some cool sounds out of that thing. This is Big Mama Thornton. Don't hate that at all. Uh, And at the top of most lists was this Belgian dude named Toots Thielmans. name is Toots. BNS in 20 minutes or less. Now it's time for what my wife McKenna's version of the X92.9 morning news. McKenna's. X92.9 news. Can you believe the last news I reported on had not one Bachelor Nation item? I'm sure most of you are dying to know what's been going on, and I'm here to tell you the juicy gossip. Love is Blind's Natalie Lee and Bachelorette alum Blake Moynes took a trip to the Caribbean and even enjoyed a breakfast date. The two are rumored to be the new hottest couple. Blake is one of my favorites, so the more I hear about him, the happier I am. Blake's so hot, oh my God, and he's Canadian. Woo, Blake. On Tuesday... (laughs) There's no wooing in the news. On Tuesday, I reported about the Peace Bridge and how the man was knocking out the glass. You heard it here first. I said it would be expensive, and boy, was I right. The suspect is getting charged $1 million for the damages he caused. Okay, that's not true. The damages amounted to $1 million. It's not that he's getting charged $1 million. He caused $1 million in damage. That's why we have editorial oversight here, though. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Haley Bieber got down to the nitty-gritty for the Wednesday episode of Who's in My Bathroom? For those who don't know, the popular YouTube series sees the influencer inviting special guests to swing by her bathroom. It's huge, by the way, for anything from skincare to cooking. It got real, however, when Gwyneth made a joke about sleeping with Haley's dad in the bathroom on set like 25 years ago. Ha ha ha, that's funny. The two roared with laughter. And you men wondering what the hottest fashion wear this summer is? Preppy style. It's the number one fashion trend this hot summer. So go buy yourself some of the staples and make a couple outfits out of it. Preppy style for men includes tailored blazers, polo shirts, chino shorts, and everything striped in plaid. Put a summertime spin on these pieces by opting for sun-washed colors. Not sure what sun-washed means? Think summertime's brightest colors taking a spin through the washing machine a few times. You're welcome. And now you're informed, I guess. BNS in 20 minutes or less. Justin from Exit Middays is in studio, as hey. is our producer, Fraser Manning. Welcome. Hey. Uh, we just assembled a roundtable to discuss the goat of bald men. This came up yesterday. I joked about how I probably could never go on TV because I'm balding, and they don't put balding men on TV. You can go on t- If you already were on TV and you go bald, they'll allow you to stay on TV. <laughs> we have but seen they, some people go bald yes, over the years. Yes, sure have. But they won't take a, a currently bald man and be like, we got a spot for you. Yeah. I think. So who would be the goat of bald men? Who is the greatest bald man of all? Because there's lots of them. Oh, yeah. There are lots of bald men. Like yep. half of dudes go bald, more than half. So who's oh, yeah. the goat? Oh, 
I, I mean, I've I've assembled the top five okay. that I that I think you know is is close to a Mount Rushmore type of. of <laughs> it is with a few of them of uh, of bald men. So I've got I've got Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, good one. legendary. He's been bald yeah. a long time too. Don't even know what he would look like with hair. <laughs> I looked up a picture. It's weird. Is it weird? It's kind of like when you see Gord Downey with hair. Yeah, I've only yeah. known bald Gord Downey. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is also in my top great, five great because bald man. yeah, he's been in in everything. Uh, Michael Jordan. Because oh. he's he's the goat of everything else as well. So I'd say Michael Jordan. He is the goat. Um, Yoda. Oh. Uh, yeah, I knew I would get you. Yeah, I knew yeah, I would get yeah. both of you on that one. Yoda has some wisps. Yeah, there's but there's th- some wisps, but for the most part, you can see you can see the dome. You can, and this is a good place to put our our line in the sand. Like if you're if you're mostly bald, I think that also counts. Like if you yeah. have the full cul de sac. Yeah, 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 I think at least cul-de-sac. Like, if you've got some comb-over stuff going on, maybe that doesn't quite count. But if we can see mostly skin. Yeah. You have to be visibly balding and have done nothing to mitigate it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, we're, t- so, we're talking like Scott Oak here. We'll, we'll, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we'll count Yoda, okay? <laughs> Yoda. And then my, so my, my fifth is just, it's an honorable mention to my dad. Oh. Uh, because he's, I think he's a, a great and terrific guy. I hate that I'm going to be bald like him one day. But I love him anyways. Yeah, my dad so also my, a great bald man. That's my so, top five. Um, Manning, do you have anyone to add? Well, Patrick Stewart was my goat for sure. Too. Yeah, I figured that yeah. was probably going to be the unanimous choice. Um, I'm gonna keeping keeping in line with Michael Jordan. I think there was probably a tie between Charles Barkley and Shaq. Oh, oh yeah, yep. two guys who for most of their careers did not yep. have hair on their heads. So yep. that's kind of how we know them. Was Shaq bald his entire career in the NBA? Most when of he it, yeah, started in the league, he may have had some. I know he had it in college for a bit. I can't even picture him. With yeah, that. but then that's the thing when you're when all of your memories are with him being bald. That man is bald. Um, yeah, that's a bald man. <laughs> keeping it in line with the station, I think Billy Corgan deserves a shout out. Yes, he does. Yeah. In the yeah. in the nineties, all the alternative lead singers yeah. were bald. Him, the dude from Vertical Horizon, the dude from Live, Michael Stipe from Michael Stipe R.E.M. Was bald. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good Nobody one. Had, as well. It was a great time for bald men. And I think I think a special mention for me would go out to George Jefferson because he's got the greatest cul-de-sac in <laughs> Hollywood history. <laughs> okay, the cul-de-sac. So my my list, I had Gandhi. Super bald. Yeah. Depends how great you consider him, but probably one of the most globally recognized bald yeah, men. Yeah, for sure. Uh, fictional characters. I had Dr. Manhattan, who I think is the greatest superhero of all time. Okay. That, bald, that man is not just bald on his head. He's bald <laughs> everywhere. And we saw. We saw everything when in that movie in The Watchmen. So we know Dr. Manhattan is bald upstairs and down. Um, Jeff Bezos? I know he's such a controversial guy, but like yeah. he became the wealthiest man on earth. Yeah. And he's bald as the day is long. He's if we're doing it by ass. financial terms, then yes, yes, he would absolutely be the goat. Yes, the goat? for sure. For well, sure. I think all of these are great answers. I'm going to go with Justin's dad, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> for the goat. VNS in 20 minutes or less. We realized after we turned the uh, mics off that we missed a few big ones. Yeah. Um, you, you were going to say, Manning. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, yeah. Like, yeah. he's the first bald man that pops to mind when you think of bald men. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be worth something. Yeah, have you seen Vin Diesel with hair? No, is it, it weird? It's bizarre. Like, like J- I've seen, there was one movie he did where he had hair, and he was like, he already had a pretty oh, severe yeah. widow's peak, but it was like, it was fluffed up on top, and it's it's a weird look, man. He's The, the weirdest look is the video of him breakdancing when he was younger, before he was even known as Vin Diesel, and he's like... And not bald? And he's not that huge, either. That's the weird... 
looking Vin Diesel. So he shaved his head, got huge, and then started having success. Would appear so, yes. A, is a good I mean, call. What, good a, call. what a trailblazer for bald men everywhere, right? Yeah. That's got to count for something. Mm-hmm. Charlie Brown? That kid's bald. That kid's bald. <laughs> Dude, for, for decades, decades and decades, he's been bald. Don't worry, Charlie, your hair will come in. And I mean, on that, on that line, Homer Simpson. Homer, yeah, yeah, again, super recognizable bald man. I mean, those those two strands of hair really aren't covering anything, so that's pretty mm-hmm. much baldness. That would be within our parameters for yeah, baldness, absolutely. wouldn't it? Definitely, definitely. Uh, it, does The Rock get an honorable mention here? Like highest grossing male action star today, and he is bald. Yeah. Does he? I don't know. Does he? Is he actually bald, or does he just shave his head real close? I, I feel as though it depends on. Are you a wrestling fan? Because if you're a wrestling fan, you know him with hair. Yeah. You do. He had that nice quaffed in the eye. You know, he did the eyebrow thing, and then he became super huge Hollywood right. star and went bald. And if we were going to go as the, with the most. Iconic bald wrestler That would probably be Stone Cold Steve oh, Austin Oh yes. how did we not Mention Steve another, Austin Another great bald man Yeah oh yeah Yeah Gold Dust was bald too He would just wear that wig <laughs> yeah. He'd come to the He'd come to the ring All weird And then he'd take That thing off And be like Shit he's bald That guy's bald <laughs> And also Hollywood Jason Statham Was one that came to mind Real yeah. quick yeah. But he's He's kind of One of those guys That could probably Grow back if he wanted to Because he's always Kind of got that Head stubble but he doesn't. He, he never does it does. for us. Yeah. yeah, he does it for what a guy! <laughs> what a guy! The sacrifices he makes for his fans. V and S in twenty minutes or less. John is away this week. Uh, she is back in Ontario visiting family. She was actually at the gate, the Jays game in Toronto last night, uh, and I had that game on while I was working on my on today's show on my computer. And I, I don't, normally don't watch a lot of Jays baseball, but I figured since Shauna was at the game, I would throw it on. So the Jays shortstop is Bo Bichette. What an interesting look that fella has going on, hey? And I, I figured out what it is. I think he wears every accessory available to a ball player. Like, Bo Bichette has never met a piece of flair that he didn't like. Whereas some guys wear almost nothing extra. Like Vlad Guerrero Sr., he didn't even wear batting gloves when he played. Just bare arms and hands on the bat. He's swinging at everything. I love it. Bo Bichette is the opposite of that. It's a beautiful night at the ballpark and coming to the plate, the traveling flea market that is Bo Bichette. He's got the long hair, bandana, earrings, eye black, necklace, bracelets, sweatbands, arm sleeve, high socks. He's carrying a designer handbag. I believe that's a Gucci. He's pulling a wagon full of miscellaneous trinkets and treasures, which I assume will be for sale on the mezzanine following tonight's game. B&S in 20 minutes or less. Are you a fan of metal? I love metal. And uh, TikTok has been feeding me some cool metal bands lately, including these two groups I wanted to play for you. Now, the unique thing about these two groups is they are both fronted by female vocalists. And traditionally, metal has been a very male-dominated genre of music. And there have been some, you know, some successful bands with female vocalists, but none that I have ever heard sound like this. So this is the first one here. Uh, this is a group from Victoria, B.C. called Spirit Box. And I'm going to play both the singer's clean vocals and her growls and you will you'll hear the difference so this is got a feel for her voice there this is also her I have a huge smile on my face in here. That is unbelievable. Holy crap. Um, and if that's not 
heavy enough for you. We can go heavier. This is a, an American group called Entheos, uh, also fronted by a female vocalist. <laughs> This is crazy. This is I didn't even know that there were women on this earth who could make those sounds, and I'm thrilled about it. Um, I always find that this kind of music is a great litmus test for people who say, oh, I listen to everything. I like everything. I'm like, oh, great. We'll listen to my music then. Prog metal it is. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You got long weekend plans? Uh, I'm off to Saskatchewan today, the, the town of Macklin, Saskatchewan. I don't know if you've ever heard of Macklin. Uh, but the World Bunnock Championships are happening this weekend, which I'm participating in. And when I've told people about this, they say Bannock, and I say no. Bannock is the delicious unleavened bread that you can find, usually around here, made by Indigenous folks. So good. Um, this is Bunnock. This is different. This is a. It's an old pioneer game. I think it's Russian in origin, and you throw horse ankle bones at the other team's horse ankle bones, and you try to knock them over. And I think originally it was played with real horse ankle bones. Farmers would use the bones of, of dead horses to play this game. Except like a, a full bunnock set has 22 per side, so 44 total. You would need 11 horses to die to have enough ankle bones to play this game. So it must have been a real bad year for the horses when they invented the game of bunnock. Now they're all synthetic. They're synthetic sets, I think. But... Uh, this weekend, people come from all over to play in this tournament in Macklin, and they say, they say the town doubles in size. It goes from like 1,200 people to 2,500 or something. Um, I'm not very good at the game, so I don't expect to do that well. But, I mean, you never know because of the shape of the bone. Like, the bounces are very unpredictable. It's kind of like a football in that sense. So it could be could be anyone's game. And I'm playing on a team with my brother-in-law, and a few years ago, his team won. They won the world champ. They were the, the, the Bunnick world champions. So... I'm I'm going to be sharing the Bunnock field with some real heavy company here. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'd like to be the world champion at anything would be cool, wouldn't it? Even something as something like Bunnock. <laughs> and on top of that, I think it's a big party this weekend. Like they have you know live music, lots of beers, lots of Terry's. I think there's the odd fight. Should be a good time. B and S in twenty minutes or less. So I mentioned I'm playing in this tournament on the weekend. Uh, it's also a big slow pitch weekend. All the small towns and lake communities and stuff have their slow pitch tournaments often on the August long weekend. And I was chatting with a buddy of mine. Uh, he plays a bit of slow pitch. I'm retired now. Uh, but you may, you may or may not be aware of this, but most slow pitch leagues and tournaments require teams to have a minimum number of female players. It's usually three in my experience. And sometimes there are even rules in terms of like where they have to be in the batting order, where they have to be on the field. It's a bit of a relic. But almost every league and tournament I've ever played in has this requirement. I guess gender equality has not quite reached the slow pitch world yet, but this is the way it is. Um, and I, I say this respectfully, the success of a team often hinges on how good those female players are. Like a, a good female ball player in the slow pitch world, highly sought after. Because some teams just grab whoever's available, right? They're like, even if they played softball or not, they're like, we need... Two girls or we forfeit the game. Does anyone have a friend who can play? It's like, well, I do, but she's never played ball before. That's okay. Bring her out. We want to play. We want to have some fun. So if the girls on your team can all hit and all field, that's going to be a very successful team because it's just relentless then. Uh, And over the years, playing in these tournaments and playing in these leagues, we've met quite a few girls who can really play ball. My wife, McKenna, is one of them. She played competitively growing up. She's a cannon of an arm. And it's it's so funny in these games when you play with 
like really skilled female s- slow pitch players, like sometimes someone will try to take an extra base on her and she'll like gun them down from the field and it's so much fun to watch. Or like if you got a girl that you know can really hit and you watch the infield come in, they assume, oh, it's a girl. It's going to be short. And then she just cranks it over their head. It's the best. I love it so much. So I said to this friend, I was like, we know enough really talented female slow pitch players. You should assemble a team made up just of them. Like you and then all the girls that we know who can really play ball. Just like turn the rules on its he- on their head. Wouldn't that be awesome? What a hit that would be at the tournament. Because you'd have all these teams full of guys who would want to play against the team full of, full of girls. And then the team full of girls also crushes them. That would be so much fun. I said to my buddy, you'd be like the Lenny Kravitz of slow pitch. VNS in 20 minutes or less. I have another addition for the Fortune 500 list of local businesses. This one from friend of the show, Nadia. I'm always surprised when I get these submissions because we've been doing this segment for so long, I think, like, surely we have covered all of the businesses in the city with great puns, right? Like, surely we've got to all of them. No, not the case because this one's really good. This this is a water hauling company based out of Cochrane called The Big Dripper. I like that. Not only is it a great pun and sounds, uh, I mean, a little bit dirty if you wanted to, it also appeals to the space nerd in me, The Big Dripper. Definitely on the Fortune 500. Speaking of space, let's talk about the James Webb Space Telescope in a few minutes. So on Monday morning, we're expected to see a few more images from the James Webb Space Telescope. You'll remember a few weeks back when they released the first images that they had taken and everybody was stunned by them. They were incredible shots. Well, Monday morning is kind of the next dump that we're expecting. And I was reading this article where they were looking at the the telescope schedule, like where it was supposed to be pointing over the last few weeks. So what we might be able to see when they release these images on Monday. Um, and there's, there's some pretty cool possibilities. Like they, they're saying there could be another deep field, which is uh, the, sh- the, the shot with all of those galaxies in it. They could like take a detailed image of a single galaxy you know, maybe where you could even see the star density. Because Hubble took a couple of those. There was a famous one that, that Hubble took of Andromeda. And, like, the number of stars in the galaxy, you can't even really wrap your head around it. It's it, It'll take your breath away. Um, they talked about maybe seeing a supernova. There was plans to, to take photos of Jupiter or Neptune with James Webb. So you could see, like, detailed close-up images of those planets. Or perhaps even a star with an exoplanet, which I think would be so cool to see another star with its own planet orbiting around it. Like, if you could see that in detail, that would be... Something about celestial bodies that are close to each other. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to see Jupiter through a telescope, but if you ever do, take it, because you can see the four largest moons around Jupiter, and, like, when you see them, it's like, oh, they actually are just hanging there. Like, that is a that is a real body out there in space with rock. It seems so much more real when you see it like that. I don't know why. So that's what we have to look forward to on Monday morning, maybe. Um, and I know there hasn't been a, a, much in the news about James Webb since that big dump, but it's still been working. It's been it's been discovering older and older galaxies over the past few weeks. Like just the other day, uh, astronomers reported that they had found what they believe to be the oldest galaxy we've ever observed. And I say oldest, I should probably say youngest because we're seeing it as it was when it was still very young, this galaxy, like in the early universe. And the way they can tell is through something called redshift. So as a galaxy moves away from us, as space expands, the wavelengths of that light stretch out and it starts to look more red. So when you see these photos from James Webb or from Hubble of all these galaxies, and there are the little red galaxies at the back, those are the oldest ones. Those are the really old ones. And this one they caught the other day, they thought 
is to, to have formed 200 million years after the Big Bang, which is it's nothing in space years, right? The universe was a baby that, at that time. And the light from this galaxy took 13 billion years to get here and land on James Webb's lens, which is I think is just the coolest thing ever. BNS in 20 minutes or less. This is kind of like a bonus, what did you learn today? Because I didn't know about this, but I got an email from a friend of the show, Fred, talking about Castorium. Have you ever heard of Castorium? Uh, it's from Beavers. I'm just going to read the Wikipedia page for Castorium here. Castorium is a yellowish exudate from the castor sacs of mature beavers. Beavers use castorium in combination with urine to scent mark their territory. Both beaver sexes have a pair of castor sacs and a pair of anal glands located in two cavities under the skin between the pelvis and the base of the tail. And castorium has been used uh, historically in perfumes and as an artificial flavoring or inartificial flavoring. Uh, I guess it's not used that much anymore because uh, we've gotten pretty good at like synthesizing vanilla. But for a long time, there was castorium in food. And Fred was asking basically just what the hell? Like, <laughs> what is going on with that? We The stuff out of like the beaver's castor sacs, their anal glands, we use that in our food? I guess production is down to like 300 pounds per year, so it's not very common anymore, and probably most of that I think would be perfume use. But um, Fred also pointed out, the question you may have arrived at as well, is who who was the first dude, and you know it was a dude, Fred said, to figure out or to even decide to investigate what that might taste like. Apparently it smells quite sweet, so maybe that was what lured this uh, hypothetical person in, you know, some... Some trapper way back in the 16, 1700s. No, 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 no bison for me tonight, thanks. I, I think I'm going to try what's coming out of that beaver's ass. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.